Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. with Troy White and Colton, where we bring money and sports together for your education and entertainment. As always, this section is brought to you by Security National Mortgage, where we turn houses into homes by financing the American dream. If you have any questions about anything you hear today, please reach out to us at loansfromtroy.com or give us a call at 855-299-HOME. Hey guys, welcome back to another weekend. Hey, Troy. Hey. Good 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 to see you again, Troy. Yeah, yeah, and today we have David Shapiro with us from EXP Realty. He is a local expert in the area. David, welcome aboard. Hey guys, I'm excited to join you. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, David being a realtor in the Austin area, he's kind of experienced this uh, the COVID pandemic shelter in place a lot more than the rest of us. Um, you know, it's 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 nice that we're starting to get some life back into the country. A lot of the states are are slowly opening back up. And uh, I guess we're just going to have to see what happens. Well, uh, what do y'all think about uh, Governor Abbott saying, um, you know, opening up these restaurants at 25% capacity? You think that's, uh, think that's going to work? You know, I think it's better than just opening it because it gives the restaurant a chance to learn the new things because as if people come in and say hey uh i'm not coming back because you're doing this or you're not doing this you know and so the, the restaurant starts to learn how because you got to think i mean how are you supposed to protect your people from this if you don't really understand it and so yeah. I, you know that's my opinion See, my, it's a tough, my, 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 personal thing, my personal thing is that i'm still going to be doing takeout for the first you know couple of weeks because i'm not about to you know just dive into this opening state you know it's uh the virus is still out there and i don't want to be the one spreading it around at a restaurant or something so i'm still going to do my takeout and stay at home for a bit so there's a there's a big thing that 25 percent really doesn't give the restaurant profit actually it still no. loses profit so it almost has to be at 50 percent for them to be successful or to even break even um so i don't know it's a it's a tough one i think it, it's 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 for a certain size restaurant it's perfect but if you're too small and only had 10 chairs or 10 seats, uh, tables rather, um, yeah. that leaves you with you know, like three left over. You can't run a restaurant that way. Yeah. David, How about the ones that are open just for takeout right now? If you add the 25% dine-in, does that help them? I guess so. Maybe waiting room, for, waiting area for waiting for the food. You know, maybe sit yeah. down and have a drink while you're waiting for your food. 
You know, I mean, yeah. And there was, from my understanding, there's a hint that this uh, <clears throat> alcohol to go. Maybe no, he's saying that he wants it to be. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I, I saw Abbott. He said something about after all this is over, I think we're still going to keep the uh, to go alcohol thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody you was know, on their for, best behavior. For once, I'm gonna say that I am. Uh, I'm glad Texas is adopting some Louisiana stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think about What do you think about that, David? You think they should start serving alcohol or keep serving alcohol to go? <laughs> as long as people are responsible with it, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> right. Well, people weren't driving while they were doing this. Obviously, it was to go. So we'll yeah, see how that Texas, works out. Texas did win the. Uh, the alcohol consumption race for the COVID nineteen pandemic, though. Really? There was there was a yeah. graph that showed it. We won far and out, no doubt about it. Texas likes to drink. I feel like so, we're winning that even during regular times as well. I agree. I yeah. Agree. Well, I don't know. I, Louisiana is like, you know, either first or second. I think we we tie on those with those. With yeah. <laughs> Why? If you ain't first, you're last. That's, That's right. right. That's right. true. That's true. Sixth Street is wider, so I think we could fit more drunk people there. <laughs> that's true uh, so um we usually talk about sports this section and, and 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 there's been a lot of good news about corona uh you know opening back up and 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 states starting to move forward um we'll hear a little bit more from david about how the market's i think kind of improving from all this um but uh what, what are y'all's takes on on all this corona um do you think that this kind of improved business a little bit uh, as far as for sports or for real estate real estate just in general just i mean things that you know we're, we're you know people doing zoom meetings and and in our industry you're going to start doing e-closing it's kind of pushing things forward people have gotten more acceptance to being online and buying things um yeah there is it there has been any an evolution from this pandemic as far as how businesses are conducting business uh doctors are talking about that they can start doing some video uh patient viewing for certain you know patients they've started finding that it is viable to have you know just see somebody over, instead of having them come all the way in and stuff like that um so those sort of things are talking about some of the treatments and how they handle things are starting to uh become more efficient more you know safer so there's been a lot of evolution that you know real estate you know people are using you know 3d dimensional or, you know uh drones and all sorts of stuff they're selling houses without people ever actually getting into them so businesses is, have adapted um it's pretty impressive you know we were talking about the takeout and stuff you know last you know just recently uh jimmy john's no jersey mike was giving away 20 percent of the sales to the COVID 19 so you know i went to go get jersey mike and uh the line was out the door, around the building, through the roof. Everybody was wearing their masks. Um, so, you know, we're different. The country is different today than we were six weeks ago. So you're telling me you'll be able to do a doctor appointment through the phone. So you can you can call the doctor and have a bone sticking out of your arm, and he'll be able to say, yep, that's broke. Yeah. Like, yeah. That? <laughs> I mean, I would yeah. assume you went for that, but... You yeah. know, how many people go to the doctor for just the common cold? No. True. Yeah, you, you know, can cough on you can cough over the phone, right? Yeah. Put your put your forehead on the screen, and they'll be able to tell if it's uh, <laughs> if you got a fever. Yeah, you know yeah. that that that's probably coming. You know, yeah, and that's. But I'm just saying, there are a lot of things that they've learned from this, and that you know that we've learned. Um, that you know, as far as for like me, I'm I'm realizing that the office space and size 
is not necessarily a needed item. We, we, we are going to have almost record months in both March and April, and no one's worked in an office. As you sit in an office. As I sit in an office. Yeah, well, you have to. You, you're the head guy. You know, uh, I'm that guy that. So I would go. I've called it. I've, I've named it quarantine or COVID crazy. I've been calling it COVID crazy. And I'm that guy that would have gone COVID crazy had I stayed at home this whole time. So getting up and going to the office and coming back home every day was, even though I saw no one, I got didn't get out of my truck or anything. It was very important for me. You're you're you have, 20, you have twenty kids. Yeah, you have, yeah, and you know he's got twin kids and extra kids, so he'd have three kids at home. Plus, he's already a social guy, so he would have been going crazy, like talking to voices in his head or something. Uh, I mean, that's 100% what he would have done. Even more so is what you're saying. Yeah, even more so. Yeah. <laughs> what made it a record-breaking month? Was there a certain product that led the way? Well, you know, yes, it was uh, conventional refinances became a huge thing. You know, so interest rates had fallen so far in the, that people that purchased the house a year to two years ago, appreciation, so their house was worth 10 or 15% more than a couple years ago, and and you get um, lower interest rates, all of a sudden everybody's out. I mean, our business is normally like an 80-20 purchase to refinance. Now we're a 70% refinance, 30% purchase, and so there was just a lot of business out there that normally wasn't out there. So we had to conduct this business because, you know, you don't want to lose that rate for the potential, you know, borrower. And so we had to take care of them. And so we worked really hard from home. But, uh, hey, everybody, you've been listening to The Home Team with Troy, Colton, and Wyatt. And, of course, our special guest, David Shapiro from EXP Realty. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at loansfromtroy.com. Give me a call at 855-299-HOME. And, as always, you can stop by the Facebook the we'll Facebook. See, and we'll see you in just a minute. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Austin, Texas, you're listening to The Home Team with Troy, Wyatt, and Colton, where we bring sports and money together for your education and entertainment. If you have any questions about anything you hear today, please reach out to us at loansfromtroy.com or give us a call at 855-299-HOME. As always, this segment is brought to you by Security National Mortgage, where we turn houses into homes by financing the American dream. 
you know, guys, this is the this is the real estate segment. And, you know, America's been on shelter in place and nobody really knows what's about to happen as far as the economy. You hear the V's, the U's, the L's and, you know, but all we can kind of do is tell you where we're at, you know, and we have the March numbers in uh, March numbers were really good. Um, you know, 335,000 was the median price in the Austin Round Rock MSA. So that's the greater Austin area is what I like to call it. Um, there were over 3,000 uh, home sales in uh, March. The average days on market was 54, which is down 11 days from the year before. New listings, now this is the part that's going to affect us moving forward. New listings were down 12%. Active listings were down 26%. And pending home sales were down 19%. So that still means we're about a 7 or 8% shortage in listings to buyers. So even though there are less sales that we expect over the summer than normal, uh, I think the Austin market is still going to have an amazing multiple offer fight over homes kind of market this summer. And, you know, and, you know, so David's here to talk about it. David Shapiro with EXP Realty, you know, our, our local expert. You know, David, what are you seeing out there, bud? I'd agree with you. I think the market's going to remain strong. I think people are worried that prices are going to drop. But, you know, we're clearly in a recession. Um, everybody is pretty much aware of that. And three of the last five recessions, home prices actually went up. And so the last recession, 2008, was a housing crash, a financial crisis. It was a whole bunch of things going on. And the way the inventory is looking right now, I mean, we go back to 2016. That was a strong real estate market in Austin. The, the, uh, in April of 2016, there were over 4,400 homes on the market. Uh, actually, April was 4,700. May, we were up to 5,000 homes on the market. As of uh, this week, we're just over 2,000. And I'm talking within the city limits, just for clarity. And I generally do that just because I don't really leave the city limits in terms of, of where I geographically work. Um, so if you might hear different numbers and that would be for the metro area, like Troy was talking about, but I mean, we're at 2000 homes on the market and in a healthy market, we are at 4,700. So we've got plenty of room to add inventory and this still be a strong seller's market. Um, I started tracking this, you know, the thing with the, the March stats is that they're a lagging indicator. So that was what was going under contract in February. <laughs> not really indicative of what happened because of COVID-19. So uh, on March 20th, I started tracking by the day what we were looking at, and we were about one-to-one -one active versus pending within the limits. And that slowly crept up to that peak was about April 20th, we're at 1.47. So that seems like a pretty substantial increase, but you know it's actually pretty normal for this time of year for us to see more inventory come online. Um, we all know that, um, you know, it's, uh, it's the spring and summer is the hot season. So we're, we're definitely seeing that and we're still within line with where numbers should be. So are you, are you, are you seeing that um, there is an increase of people listing their houses right now? Yeah. And, and that's totally normal for this time of year. And so that's good. We're, we're back on track a little bit. Yeah. We need more inventory, you know, buyers, <laughs> demand is down, right? Um, we're going to sell about, or, we, or not we were going, we sold over 600 homes in the city limits in April. That's down significantly from last year, but that's not zero. And I think some people going into this, we're expecting to just the real estate market come to a complete halt, but people still need to move. And, you know, real estate was deemed essential by the governor. 
And so we've still been able to work out there. Clearly, people that don't need to move have put their plans, a lot of them, not all of them, have put their plans on hold because they don't want to be part of the problem. They want to be part of the solution. But there's still people that they had jobs. They had to move here or they had to move away or whatever it might be. Um, so people are still transacting. I had two clients go under contract last weekend, one seller, one buyer. Nice. Wow. So, uh, so how are you, you know, when you're out and about with kind of the, the general concern of, you know, the pandemic that's going on, how are you showing houses and stuff? How have you changed your business because of what's going on? Well, yeah, we've got to be um, respectful of how everybody feels about this. And, and, you know, I, there's situations where I'm not comfortable going out and showing a home. So we're doing as much as we can to not go into people's homes if we don't have to. So, Normally, there's things like uh, running comps to see what the home should be selling for. And normally, we do that after the client sees it to see if they like it, because it takes a lot of legwork to actually figure out what it should sell for. But we're doing that ahead of time. We're doing looking at the satellite views, the virtual tours, going to Google Street View and like checking out the neighborhood and doing as much as we can to rule out as many houses as possible. So when we're going to look at homes, it's like these are the top two or three, and they're really ready to make an offer because you know, as much as people like to go look at homes and it's kind of a fun activity, this isn't the time um, for us to be doing that. You know, a year from now, we're past all this. People can go look at as many houses as they want, go to as many open houses. But right now, we're trying to be very intentional about the homes that we're going into. And, you know, it's a little bit different if they're vacant, but especially so if there's people occupying those homes. We want to be respectful of them. Absolutely. So if somebody was going to, you know, uh, wants to list their home or, of course, buy one, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, phone number if they'd like 512-537-6023 and me or someone on my team can uh, either pick up or get right back to them about that and do you have a website they can go to shapiro re.com s-h-a-p-i-r-o-r-e for real estate and awesome. you know my, that says a realtor i'm also i do some development working on some new construction you know we decided to move ahead with that project we didn't put it on hold I really believe that single family is going to be in a crunch come, you know, this summer, but you know, next year it's already been hard. And I think the move, the single family, you know, if somebody lives in a downtown apartment right now and their lease is up, they might say, you know what, I think I'm going to go rent a house or I think it's time to buy a house. And, and the single family market is very strong as my gut just from conversations that I've been having. So we decided to move forward on our spec build to build two houses and a couple other projects that we have going on. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, you say that, David, I 100% uh, I agree that I think really the pains of the local market for Austin is going to be in about a year from now. Um, when, because when everything's really moving again, and people start moving back to Austin, you know, that 150 a day, you know, everybody's heard different numbers that are moving into Austin. But for you got to think for three months, we didn't do hardly anything for growth. Uh, I think that's when it's really going to take effect is when we're really going to see, I think we're going to have a huge, we're going to have a San Francisco type appreciation is what I feel next year. You know, so I am going on record to say that now. We, so we will see. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll rewind and see if you're right. I like it. Mark, what do you think? got? Col Col Colton, you, you want to put five bucks on it? What do you think? Uh, I don't know, man. This uh, recession's hitting me pretty hard. I think five is okay. a little high. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'll put five on it. All right. I'll take you for five. I got it. All right. No, um, it's good news though. It's good news. The thing is, is right now people are moving, they are listing, and, and Austin's a strong market, right? We are hurting a little bit, but from what I'm, you, you talked about, David, is that we are still in, uh, selling homes here, and people are still moving. So that's good news, right? Yeah, and it's and a good I, time to buy a house. 
Yeah, if you feel comfortable getting out there and, you know, we're doing this with precautions, wearing masks, um, the other things that I mentioned. So we're trying to be safe about this, uh, but people need to move. And, and I feel for the people that are affected, you know, there's people in retail and, and entertainment, travel, they're definitely affected. But the majority of our economy is not based around tourism, like a Las Vegas. You know, we are right. tech, we've got universities, we've got state government hospital system so we have a strong diverse economy here so uh, you know the effect is minimal compared to other markets of course it's not minimal for those people that are affected but luckily i think the government has stepped in the people that i know that have been hard you know affected they're getting their unemployment plus the 600 benefit or if they're a business owner they've been able to get a ppp loan which is forgivable um if they're self-employed they still have an option for ppp as well yeah that's interesting absolutely so, so so we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but realtors are, are, can get PPP. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's very, it's, it's a nice thing that, uh, you know, it's looking at all the data, watching how the stock market is maintaining and even showing a positive growth in this. It's almost blows my mind to think that. So it, it, I can see where the specialists or economists or whatever you want to call them are feeling that the V type recovery is what's what's going to happen. I can see where they get that mindset because I mean, you know, the stock market fell almost to 17,000. It's over 24,000, you know, as we speak right now, which is just unbelievable considering 25 plus percent of the workforce is sitting at home, not getting a paycheck. That's just, that just is unbelievable to me. Yeah, yeah that, that does seem now that you mentioned it, I, cause I hadn't thought about it that way, but a quarter of the country at work right now. That's crazy. Or more. Yeah. You know, um, well, yeah, go ahead. That could be from Berkshire Hathaway altogether. <laughs> they, they had a lot of liquid. <laughs> I'm sure they're buying like, like crazy right now. So I don't know. We never know. You know, absolutely. You know, one of the things too, people keep kind of comparing this to the great depression in the 20s and early 30s, the difference is, is that we didn't have the government assistance capability back then that we have now. You know, back then they just went right. without money and they went without food. You know, today, you know, there's food stamps and there's, you know, government, you know, stimulus checks and all that sort of stuff to keep, keep the economy, you know, on life support until we can get it back going. So, you know, that, is, you know, is a lot I of think technology actually plays into that as well. You know, absolutely. David was talking about how, you know, Austin, you know, you got to think most of Austin can work from home. I yeah. mean, all the, the whole tech sector can work from home, which is, you know, some other places can't do that. So that's that has really helped the real estate market has really helped the local economy. Um, and so it allows us to be able to help out as far as the local restaurants and stuff like that to buy food from them just because we want to help them. Yeah, because David, real, real quick, David, how, how do people get a hold of you again if they want to list or, or sell their house? David at ShapiroRE.com. And then your phone number one more time. 512-537-6023. Yeah. So, uh, hey, everyone, you have been listening to The Home Team with Troy White and Colton. And, of course, David Shapiro from EXP Realty. Reach out to him at ShapiroRE.com. And, you have any questions for us please get a uh, reach out to us at loansfromtroy.com or give us a call at 855-299-HOME of course Wyatt where do they where can they also get us at the Facebook yep and we'll see you in just a minute
Having trouble hearing us on 1370 AM? You've got to hear this. Catch Talk 1370 in crystal clear HD at 95.5 HD2. Hello, Austin, Texas. You're listening to The Home Team with Troy, Wyatt, and Colton, where we bring money and sports together for your education and entertainment. If you have any questions about anything you hear today, please reach out to me at loansfromtroy.com. Give us a call at 855-299-HOME. As always, this segment is brought to you by Security National Mortgage, where we turn houses into homes by financing the American dream. And uh, today's special guest is David Shapiro with Real Estate Experts. David? Hey. Hey, and you know, one of the things that's nice about this segment is that this is my favorite one. It's always about, you know, personal money. I feel this is kind of my opportunity to help people. But uh, David's got a little bit of history in this as well. So he's uh, helped some people with finances and things like that. And, you know, we were discussing the CARE Act. And, you know, on the outside, the CARE Act looks amazing. I mean, it was a pretty simple program, I thought. for self-employed owners, you know, that were making payroll and things like that. And it went off so well that they ran out of the money in what, 12 days, David? Yeah, the the PPP portion of it, the payroll protection program. And I think the intent of all these programs was just to try to essentially keep people getting paid even though they couldn't be employed, whether it's through unemployment benefits being increased or the PPP just allowing (laughs) employers to continue to pay payroll but essentially the government was paying it for them because there are a lot of costs involved with, with letting people go and then rehiring them. So to save all that and allow the economy to start right back up, um, which you can't do if they, all these people have to go get rehired. It sounds like it's simple, but it's not when it's you know thousands or tens of that millions of people across the country we're talking. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and you know, the government was really going to have to pay those funds one way or another. If they didn't do this, they're going to have to pay them all through unemployment anyway. So it's everybody. It's not. It's that thing that the government is already going to spend most of this money. Um, so I thought it was a pretty uh, intelligent move to keep the just to keep the economy on life support. And uh, you know, but there's other parts. You know, one of the things that was hard for me to understand, and you know, so maybe you have a better understanding of it, was you know the true self-employed, like in the real estate business, or most real estate agents are 1099. Mm-hmm. And they don't have staff that they pay a W-2, so it's a little bit harder for them to get this PPP. Do you hear anything about that? Yeah, they did open it up to self-employed individuals, and they based it off of your tax return for the previous year. And so basically, from a quick summary, and definitely talk to your tax advisor or to your bank about how to go about applying for this and, and doing it properly. But you know, take what you earned last year and, if, and divide it by 12, to get your monthly now up to 100k so the max that they would do is 100k so in that case and that's what roughly 8k a month but if you made 60k last year divide that by 12 that's five grand times two and a half that's uh uh 12,500 and so that's what you can apply for in the pp ppp loan and it's forgivable if you use it all towards uh payroll you know i don't know in self-employed how they're doing that so that would be something to look into to make sure it's forgivable. But if it's not, it's like a 1% interest rate. Oh, yeah. And hey, that's pretty good on the math there, David. So if you want to move into the mortgage industry, you let me know. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I, I was sitting back going, I'm impressed too. I, he didn't even have a calculator. We, we can see each other talk right now. That was impressive. Yeah. I'm, 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 
I don't know yeah, if I've I ever felt like I was a little that, slow uh, on the 12,500, 12, but I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen that. Hey, man, I, 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 uh, I would have been, you would have been hearing George open. Yeah. <laughs> no, good job. And so did you course, use that? You actually, did you actually advise people financially for a while? Yeah, I, I wasn't um, a financial advisor. I was a financial coach consultant. And so I helped small business owners with their profitability. So I'd look through their P&L reports with them and help them figure out where they could become more profitable. And then a lot of them were small business owners so that bled over to their personal finances. So we'd get into credit score and, and debt and all these different things that was on a lot of people's minds. And so I, I would imagine mention, they, go ahead. I, I will mention for real estate agents or any small business owner, there is a benefit, depends on the size. And of course, talk to your tax professional about becoming an S corp and paying yourself a salary, even if you were the only employee. Um, and so there are real estate agents out there that were in that setup and were able to apply for the PPP loan and they had their own personal salary is it was included in there. Um, so that's something for, for all people that are self-employed should look into is, is an S corp and, and talk to your accountant. Why what were you going to ask me? I was going to say, I imagine that um, you're probably pretty good with investor clients uh, in purchasing things like that because um, when they're buying real estate, you're, you're able to kind of get into where they're at and help them along the process. So you're, you're probably very, very beneficial to all kinds of buyers, but most certainly investors. That's what it's, yeah. it sounds like to me. Certainly, that's um, a, the way I got into real estate was real, pretty unique. I got started as an investor, and for, at, uh, I bought my first rental property when I was 20 years old. And then I slowly worked up and built my portfolio. And by uh, around 30, I had so many friends coming to me asking for help. And they'd call me and say, hey, my real estate agent said this. What do you think? And I realized, wait, why, why am I doing the real estate agent's job? I'm not getting paid for it. <laughs> Um, right. And I just started helping them and, and um, got my real estate license. And, you know, it's just been friends coming to me for help. And it turned into a, a big business. I have a full time employee and, um, you know, we did, uh, you know, quite a quite a bit of business last year. And it's all just based on friends referring other people. And a good chunk of them are investors. About 25 percent of my clients each year will never live in the property they bought, although everybody used the uses the word investment when they are talking about buying a piece of real estate, even if they plan to live in it. <laughs> so and if somebody want to get a hold of you to do that, what, what's your phone number? 512-537-6023. Yeah, and I, I work within about 20 minutes of downtown. Uh, I try to stay nice and close for my own lifestyle. I just believe in Austin. I think if you're going to invest, you know, you might as well do it in the places that people love. The you know, It's been shown time and time again that the most popular and in-demand neighborhoods, whether it be Clarksville, Zilker, Bolden, Westlake, those neighborhoods do better in a downturn, and they even see higher rates of appreciation during the good times. So it's kind of this weird anomaly where not only are the prices higher, but the rate of appreciation is higher. So it's a compounding effect because, you know, instead of a $300,000 house, it's a $600,000 house. And instead of appreciating at 4%, it's appreciating at 5%. So it's, it's a big difference. So I'm a big believer in those core neighborhoods for investors um, and also just to live, walkability, all these things that people love. So you still invest in Austin right now. That's awesome. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny you, you should mention that too. Um, as far as for you know, investing in the same neighborhoods and all of that sort of stuff, it, it, those, 
those location, location, location was kind of the first thing I learned when I got into this business. And, you know, 15 plus years later, it's the still the single most important thing about this business. It's, it's funny you say that. It's, it's all that popped in my head. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I had to learn those lessons sometimes the hard way. And I see people come to me all the time. When I first got to Austin, I went and bought the cheapest houses I could find. And I have young investors come to me and they're like, how about this you know, $200,000 house over here? And I, you know, if that's all that an investor can afford, then great, go for that. But if they can afford to go to a nicer neighbor, you know, a, a more in-demand neighborhood, then I think that's where they should go. And you know, it's better to have a $400,000 house appreciating than a $200,000 house. But you'll do great in Austin no matter, no matter where you invest. Absolutely, you know, in the compound of money. And uh, you know, when you're talking about that, helping business owners, did you find, uh, did you find that it's literally just this lack of discipline and spending is the biggest key, in my opinion? Did you see that when you were helping people as well? Yeah, and and not only just in the discipline, but sometimes it's not even knowing. Like they would, they never looked at their profit and loss reports. Some some business owners didn't even have them until we started working with them, and then we would start going through it. And part of the reason they paid me was just to hold them accountable to even look at it, because most people hate the numbers. They don't want to look at that report. And so when we would look at that report, and I'd say, Hey, what's this? You know, you're spending ninety nine dollars a month. I've seen it for the last four months. They're like, I don't even know what that is. And we would get in there, find out something. They had signed up on a subscription. We get that canceled, and now I just saved them twelve hundred bucks for the year on the first call just by looking at the report. So most of the times it's just knowing the numbers. And on the personal side, we look at it, we go, it'd be like, I spent $700 on dining out last month. How is that even possible? And you know, when you're spending 50 bucks there, it doesn't seem like a lot. And then when you add it all up, you're like, holy smokes, I got to eat out less. <laughs> you know, uh, I've talked to them about this book called All Your Worth. And that's one of the first steps it talks about is, you know, the budget. And the first month you have to write down every single penny you spend in a little book and carry it for 30 days. And when I finished, I went back and added it up. And I said, and, you know, I'm struggling. This was, you know, a long time ago. I was spending 900 plus dollars a month eating out. And I had no money in savings. And I'm <laughs> So, you know, it, it, the, 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 the basics to being successful financially, they just don't change. It seems, you know, it's, it's, a, it's discipline spending, know your budget, you know, and save. Yeah. And, and often people will say, oh, it's just $5. It's just $10. And I always say, no, it's not just $10. That's $1,200. Because <laughs> what I'll do is I'll take that $10. I'll go invest it. It'll compound. And I know 20 years from now, that's going to be worth a heck of a lot more. And I'd rather have 1200 bucks in, uh, in 20 years and do some fun stuff with that than just the $10 now. And that's an extreme example, but um, people do that all the time. They just $10 themselves to thousands of dollars for the year. Yeah. You know, Makes sense. Yeah, it's totally, you know, we've, you know, I've, I've been preaching this with Colton and things like that for a long time that, you know, everybody talks about the big things. Oh, my house payment, my car payment. I'm like, yeah, but you've spent, you know, $700 eating out. You, you kept your AC at 67 instead of 72. So you spent 300 instead of 200. That's 12. You do all of those things together and it's a $5,000 a year pay raise that you can yeah, take. You know, you, you, you know, the exact amount of those car payments and those mortgage payments and stuff like that. You can lose track of how much you're eating out. You, I mean, you, you know your car payment is going to be $350. You know your mortgage payment is going to be 
you don't always plan for eating out $950, $1,000 a month. So every, it, it's one of those charges that varies every month. And Troy, to your point, what, every degree on your AC bill is 8% of the bill. Yeah, I've been telling that to Colton for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I used, to, I used to love coming in from a hot summer day to an even hotter summer house. Thanks. Hey, <laughs> it's cooler than outside. It's <laughs> cooler. You know, uh, thanks so much, David. I think this was a great conversation. I sure hope people learned something about it. You know, the, the basics to being financially successful they just don't change. And, uh, you know, everyone, you've been listening to the home team with Troy White and Colton, and of course, uh, David Shapiro from EXP Realty. You can reach out to him at shapirore.com. You can also reach out to us at loansfromtroy.com, or you can give me a call at 855-299-HOME. And where else can they reach us, Wyatt? The Facebook. That's right, the Facebook. And we'll see you in just a minute. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hello, Austin, Texas. You're listening to the home team with Troy Wide and Colton, where we bring money and sports together for education and entertainment. If you have any questions about anything you hear today, please reach out to us at loansfromtroy.com. You can give me a call at 855-299-HOME. This segment is brought to you by Security National Mortgage, where we turn houses into homes by financing the American dream. You know, guys, this is uh, kind of the fun part of the show. This is where we get to just, you know, talk about what's what we love uh, besides our jobs. And, you know, it's sports. And and finally, finally, there's some stuff to talk about. I mean, we had the, the yeah, we have some. No, that's exciting. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was nice. They, you know, and they did the draft by virtual draft, so everybody was at home and, and things like that. And and it was nice. And, it, you know, they different. did it. Well. But uh, I'll tell you what, I, if I was a first-round draft pick and I didn't get to walk that stage, I, I would remember that. I would have been sad. Oh, yeah, no, because that's, that's a lot of these kids' dreams, you know. it's uh, that That's the one thing they're working for their entire career, uh, you know, going through high school, even youth football and college is walking across that stage and being a draft pick. But, you know, I, I think the money will help. <laughs> and uh, the yeah, fact I think, I think they'll get over it quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sign that first check. That I think they'll be okay with missing the draft. Missing the yeah. You know, yeah, um, I think that'd be good. You know, uh, being a, a good old Texas boy, born and raised here in Austin and loving my, my local school, um, you know, I'm kind of having a hard time with my professional team, the Dallas Cowboys, because two of their first three picks were Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, but I tell you what, that Oklahoma Sooner wide receiver that they got, C.D. Lamb, that is a huge pickup. I, you know, that he, is uh, a massive pickup. I am glad the Longhorns don't have to see him anymore. Yes, and uh, you know, so it's one of those love hate things you know i mean i and by all accounts from all the experts out there the dallas cowboys had an excellent draft um they, they picked up a lot of areas in need they got good value at every location that they drafted at so you know it seems like you know the cowboy fans have something to be excited about you know uh 
I, I just saw pretty recently that uh, CeeDee Lamb is going to be wearing Des Bryant's old jersey number. <laughs> so there's uh-huh. some uh, oh, there, there, there's some controversy there. But, I mean, if he can do what Des did, because Des was a great wide receiver. He just had a bit of an attitude. But we'll see with CeeDee. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. He needs to bulk up, though. Yeah, you know, wide receivers are kind of a conundrum. You know, we all look at, you know, Jerry Rice as the wide receiver that we all want, but there's only one of him. Most wide receivers, they're a little flashy. They're a little arrogant. They're, you know, a little Randy Moss. You know? Randy Moss, yeah. Yes. Yep. Michael Irvin. I mean, yep. one of the greatest Cowboy receivers ever was, you know, he was pretty mouthy, you know? So, Terrell Owens. Yeah, it's yeah, a I, fine it's... line. It's a fine line that they have to carry, you know? Um uh, but, uh, I mean, as far, no one really stood out to me after you got past the third round other than that they were just good quality top placements for the Cowboys, you know. But what did you guys think about the, the Texans? It did, to me, it seemed like they missed out. I, I, I wasn't as excited about the Texans draft. I mean, you Here's know. the thing about the Texans. Ever since Bill O'Brien became part of that, you know, organization, it's not – there's been some strange decisions. I mean, the decision to get rid of DeAndre Hawkins, the horrible, that's the best wide receiver in the NFL, and they're voluntarily getting rid of him. Uh, It it made no sense. And you had your quarterback come out and say that, you know, Deshaun Watson say that was one of his favorite players to ever play with, him and Tyrone Matthew. Like, uh, it makes no sense to me why he got rid of him. But, Bill O'Brien's no longer the coach. I want to say he's the GM, correct? Yeah, he's doing them both now. He's He's got total yeah. control. And he's not doing a good job at either one. So he needs to, he needs to know, pick and choose on what he does. I was listening to some people talk about this, and I heard his um, his explanation of the Andrew or the Hopkins trade is that, you know, I can get three quality players for what I need to spend on him. And so he chose three quality players over one excellent player. And he's everybody. He's trying to be that New England Patriots. That's who he's trying to be. But yeah, I you're not New England Patriots, though. I haven't seen it. You know. Yeah. You know the New England Patriots are the New England Patriots because they have Bill Belichick and they have Tom Brady. That's, <laughs> well, you had, can't hard to replicate that. Had. Yeah. Had, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You know, there was a there were a few there were a good number of Longhorns drafted. We had three drafted, and then a couple more go. You know, as free free agents, we had um, Devin Duvernay is going to be catching passes over there from uh, Lamar Jackson. I know that's exciting. Which is actually very exciting, yeah. And uh, Brandon Jones is going to be playing at uh, with Miami Dolphins. Brandon Jones is actually uh, the first one to get drafted at the seventieth pick, yep. but. I tell you what, the Miami Dolphins actually made some pretty big moves during the draft and you know the offseason and everything. They might have a pretty decent squad. They have uh I want to say it's Tua Tungabiola, the one the quarterback from Alabama, they drafted him. We'll see how he does. I think he's going to do well. Um I, they just they're they're adding good players of good quality. So you know, it's I I'm excited for Brandon Jones, I'm excited for Colin Johnson who went to the Jaguars. I'm really excited for Malcolm or uh, Malcolm Roach. He gets to play yeah. in home state for the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think that's a good place for him to end up. Absolutely, he's he's gonna love that, you know. And that kind of brings us into the you know local so there's, there's a lot of movement 
for the University of Texas as far as their football, the recruits, and things like that. What happened lately? Uh, Texas actually just won a huge head-to-head battle with Texas A&M for a uh, tight end out of Atascosita, which is in Humboldt, Texas. Um, his name is Landon King. He's a 6'5", 220-pound tight end, and he's actually an A&M legacy. Wow. So he, he was full-blown supposed to be going to A&M. He had family members that went there, and Texas went in there and just stole him. Uh, it's going to be that kind of – and, you know, this week, Texas A&M did get uh, two recruits to commit, but one's from New York, and one is a very low three-star from North Carolina. So they're having to what go out of What class are these? What class uh, is he? 2021. 2021. So he hadn't signed signed yet. No, no, no. These are all commits. Um, but okay. they'll, uh, you know, if they're able to stick, it, it's huge. So that battle's definitely right. not over with Landon King, for sure. They're, Texas is going to have to make him a priority still. And A&M and other schools are still going to be after him because he's, I mean, he's got every offer in the book. So, right. Yeah. But you have to think, just to get him to verbally commit is a big step because being a legacy at certain schools means more than other schools. And Texas A&M is one of those schools where being a legacy is, is a really big deal, both inside the school and outside the school. So that's yeah. a, that was a big step. I mean, that was, that was pretty huge. And it's, uh, I want to say A&M's barely ranked within the top 30. I mean, it's still very early in the cycle, but they've had a very slow and you know not super successful uh cycle yet but there's still a lot of time texas is doing well they're number 15 in the nation well what do you think what do you think about this new uh rule that ncaa might uh let let the players uh profit off of their name and image and all that do you think that's going to change recruiting it could Uh, it definitely could if a school can pay a kid more because they're in a better market Austin yeah that 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 may be very beneficial and because Texas right. is known for having the most recognizable logo in the nation and you know there's tons of money going through the athletic program and the school in general so if they can afford it why wouldn't a player want to come play for a school that can pay them more or they can get more recognition well well they, the school I don't think can pay him obviously the, the person who's doing the but endorsement yeah. pays yeah, but, but if you're but able to get, have money in the program, that means there's going to be more marketability, you know, in now, a bigger if market like us. Now, if you're in the SEC and you get more play time, would that kind of benefit them as a conference? Oh, well, nothing changes for the SEC. They've been playing, paying players for years. <laughs> but it's all good. <laughs> Oh, they all do it. Some people are just better at it. Some people That's do not. Some people don't. Was like, don't worry about the A&M recruiting. As soon as the they let people, the, the bag man, get out, he'll go drop off a bunch of bags, and they'll get some recruits. Don't worry. <laughs> Delivering bags of money and F-150s. Oh, That's, my God. But yeah, they, uh, another, another okay. recruiting news, uh, you know, we lost Colin Johnson and Devin DuVernay to the NFL, but Texas was able to swipe a grad transfer or to a transfer from Michigan, uh, Tariq Black, correct, is his name? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's a 6'3", 6'4", 220-pound wide receiver that, he, you know, he's, he's had problems with injuries and he hadn't put up huge numbers at Michigan, but he's a former four-star, borderline five-star recruit. Hold, hold, hold on real quick. You said 220-pound wide receiver? He's a big guy. He, he's that is, very, that's very just not big. fair. That's not yeah. fair. How do you tackle that? Exactly. How's that defensive back going to take him down? And he's fast. Like, I mean, he's uh, 
but the, he hadn't put up big numbers because he hasn't really played for a team that passes the ball. Michigan, you know, they're they're not very vertical in their passing game, and they haven't really had a great quarterback, Shea Patterson. I, I mean, he's he's all right. He, he's not the best quarterback. So Sam Ellinger will be the best quarterback that Tariq Black has ever played with, and Texas will be the best team he's been a part of. So. I, I think they'll have big success, and I think it brings a lot of leadership and um, maturity to the wide receiver room who's young. You know, the wide receiver room at Texas is very young. You know, you know absolutely. And it's one of the things you're talking about, like, with A&M, is that some coaches are just going to have a hard time recruiting being sheltered in place, and some aren't. So, you know, the, the, the younger, more hippish, I guess is a good word, coach that can – FaceTime and all that sort of stuff has an extreme advantage in this opportunity or this time frame right now as far as recruiting. But yeah, hey, you, don't want, you don't want to wake up. You don't want to answer a FaceTime call to Jimbo's nose hairs. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, but everyone, you've been listening to the home team with Troy Wyatt and Colton. And of course, you know, we wanted to thank David Shapiro uh, for showing up today from Realty or from EXP Realty. If you have any questions, please reach out to me at loansfromtroy.com or give me a call at 855-299-HOME, and we'll see you next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.